What's going on, folks? Welcome to Outside Perspective. I'm your host, Adam Meredith. I have a really good show for you today. I sit down with Steve Maeda. Steve is a former pickup artist. He used to teach guys how to get women, and he's currently a men's coach. Uh, we had a great conversation. I think you guys are really going to enjoy it. I actually wish I would have had a little bit more time to to talk with him. Uh, I did his podcast uh, right before we did mine, and then we just kind of ran out of time, so we didn't get this. We didn't get to speak as long as we probably could have, but. Um, it was a great conversation nonetheless. So uh, give it up for Steve Maeda. All right, here we are. Hey, welcome everybody to Outside Perspective. I'm with my man here. Steve Maeda. Let's go, Steve. So I met Steve. Um, well, first, let me backtrack, guys. We are in Austin, Texas. <laughs> Down here for some jujitsu, and I wanted to catch up with my buddy Steve. Um, I met Steve... Back in April, um, for uh, at the Onnit World Open for a jiu-jitsu tournament, we competed against each other, had a great time, um, and came back down for another tournament. I definitely had to catch up with you, dude. So what's up? Man, so just to put things in perspective, this dude like beat my ass like three, four times in a row. I think it was four because didn't the – anyway, whatever. It's not important. Anyway, whatever it was, it was like a minute or less, all the matches, and he's good, man. He's good. But um, but no, man, we're at my house, and we just did an interview ourselves, so hopefully by the time this goes up, or if you're listening to this, you could check it out. Um, uh, I don't know if you Google my name, Steve Maeda, and Adam Meredith, you'd probably find it. That would be a good start. But, um, but no, man, uh, it's awesome, and one of the things that we kind of ended on with that podcast is, like, how good it is to meet people, and, like, when you meet people that are, are doing something with their lives and that they also know how to represent themselves, like, that's that's – pretty awesome man and it's kind of sad that that's awesome because that's rare yeah you know yeah it's super rare to just connect with another human being and um that's something i know i've been working on a lot so um the day of the tournament ben greenfield he yeah. he hosted you know a workout in the park and whatnot and um i got some moving in before that kind of warmed up and then like i went and did that workout and like towards the end of the workout he had everybody, and they do this in church all the time, right? Go, go say hi to your neighbor. Right. He had everybody look at each other. He's like, just look in each other's eyes for like 10 yeah. seconds. And like, this is what it feels like to connect with another human being. And it's like, that's just so rare nowadays. And I know that's something like I've been really working on, which is why like I went to that tournament. I wanted to go like meet new people and do new things and see who I can connect with. Like, cause you just don't fucking know. Yeah. Yeah. Unless you push yourself out there. Right? Yeah, Definitely. Dude, it's 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 sad. We have everybody connected, but everybody feeling alone. You know. <laughs> yeah, man. So, <laughs> and you know, you know quite a bit about that, right? So, for the listeners, Steve, you're a men's coach, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, but let's let's start at the beginning because we were talking, you know, in the car a little bit. So, how did how did you get into into coaching and, and trying to help? D help yeah. Men? So it's a crazy story, and I get asked this a lot. So I like telling the story. Yeah, else. let's do it. I get to change it each time because it's all memories and nobody's checking accountability now. But um, so basically, um, yeah, I was a, a new dad, didn't really know what was going on with that. And there was so much confusion and I'm like a crazy person and I've slowed down quite a bit in my life. Um, but basically, I was 28 and I read this book and it was called The Game. So we know where this is going. If uh, people are familiar with that, <coughs> and I didn't even read it. The person I was with at the time read it, and, there, and she was like, this could be you. So I was like, all right, well, what that's about is it's about basically being as 
active with women and sexually active as possible and those types of things. And I've always been somebody where that's been like a high urge or draw for, for myself. And before all this, I didn't do like basically what I did was I played music. I worked in the arts. I worked as a professional light designer, professional photographer, um, waited tables a lot, bartending, but I didn't have ambitions to do like to be an entrepreneur or anything like that. And that, as the story goes, this is what happens. Right. And, um, but man, I always felt like, you know, well, you know, I'd gotten laid before and wasn't necessarily bad with women, but this was like the science. Long story short, all of that is BS. Like what the game promoted and what came about with the pickup artist industry was like a lot of scam type mentality. Internet marketing got a hold of it. There were a lot of like kind of perfect storm things that made it blow up. But the thing was, is I really was good at it, but I was also good at coaching and I, I still can't wrap my head around why. The only thing I could think of is when I was very young, I got into drugs very early on. So there's a lot of these things that dance around in my stories and they all connect today. But uh, I went to rehab when I was 17 and did a lot of work there with uh, you know, like therapists and whatever. And I learned skills of communicating with people. And I did a lot of hospitals and institutions, which is you go and like take groups to talk about what it's like to live drug and alcohol free and that sort of thing in those um, in like a rehab or something like that you meet people and you know I think that helped and I think that the counselors that I had in that early rehab really taught me that there was more depth to emotion and things that you would want and so on and your urges and nothing was really as true as it was on the surface like like uh, when I started getting clients or meeting men and who hired the people in the pickup industry they're like I want to get laid there's more to it than that yeah I I think that that's a good thing but there's more to it than that and if you're wanting that that's a clear indication that you're in deficit of something that it should be naturally fulfilled. <clears throat> and so I could relate with people very well. So check this out. This is crazy. So I'm, I'm just like, yeah, my buddies are uh, somehow I, well, I tell you exactly how I end up with these pro PUA dudes. I took a workshop. One of them happened to live in the DFW area. So I befriended him and he was, he's like, yeah, okay. Well, who's this weird guy, Steve, that wants to hang out with me? Well, the interesting thing was, is I was, I did whatever he said like I wasn't I didn't make really excuses and I was good at it like if like as soon as I got like I wasn't necessarily good at getting laid before but then as soon as I had like some backing and a little bit of guidance and plus this guy was legit with it there were a lot of not legit guys who it's all like oh the more money status power you have people will yeah. worship you this guy wasn't wasn't that and so I was good at it. So he was like, hey, man, let's do it. And, and then he was like, hey, there's certain companies that want to hire me. And would you ever want to come? So I, it was like, yeah, and expenses paid. Plane tickets. I didn't get paid for it, but plane tickets and like the food I ate. And I got to stay in a hotel room. All yeah, you got an awesome yeah. ass trip. Right, right, right. <laughs> so I'm like 28. I'm like, hell yeah. So I, I went with it. And um, man, the it, it was awesome and bizarre. Bizarre, like you're dealing with these insane people like a lot of the coaches in this were just they're crazy they they're super narcissistic and you know i'm like a nut too but there there was something more off like when i think you're off that's probably not good <laughs> so, <laughs> so basically but but man i had all these great experiences that like men would die for like so all of these like bucket list things that revolved around like partying or like sexual activity 
definitely checked off, but then I wanted more and kept going. So the funny thing is, is one of these guys that was a client wanted to hire me. And man, I swear, this is, this is what made me switch. So I'm like, kind of like waiting tables or like get some photo gigs and stuff like that. Yeah. And then this dude said, man, I'll spend, you know, I, I want to spend some time with you. You have like a real depth I want to talk to you about or whatever. And um, he's like, uh, like four days in Scottsdale. Scottsdale is great, especially then. It was like so awesome. I'm like, okay, yeah, cool. He's like, how's $8,000 sound? And I'm like, what? <laughs> You're going to pay me? What? <laughs> so this was like in 2007 or six or something. And I'm just like, <coughs> I'm just like, Jesus, man, like this is like crazy of course yes double yes like let's do it but if i'm trying to act cool i'm like okay yeah it sounds fair yeah, you no, know no problem <laughs> <laughs> so that took me off and back then you know the economy was really good and um people would hire you for stuff like that not like that all the time but you know i mean you know, i was used to making i don't even know but like 600 to a thousand bucks a month and then all of a sudden i'm like getting money so money gave me this now if you're getting that kind of money you also have to be good and so you know like people who have natural advantages at something end up failing most of the time i truly believe this like you ever meet this with guys in jujitsu for sure and you can see it kind of all over i mean you're so used to something coming natural yeah that you you start to avoid the things that don't come natural to you so then you never learn how to like push yourself never learn how to like develop new yeah. like new fucking talents or just new skills you always take the easy route yeah yeah you never learn to work hard like there's actually a guy competing <clears throat> tonight in the tournament really good guy and you'll get to meet him hopefully you get to compete against him but he was not good to begin with and uh he's he's fighting in 185 mm -hmm. and i remember when he started and i was a blue belt then in gi i'm still a blue belt in gi um but he so this was like four or five years ago. And this guy just worked like a maniac. Yeah. You know, maniac. And then he started tapping me. And then now he just obliterates me. That I appreciate so much more than somebody who has a natural advantage. And so I had this natural advantage to dealing with people, working with people and getting to the center of what their like maybe issues were and helping them with that. Even though they started off with like, I want to get laid or whatever. Um, and actually the story goes for that guy who paid me $8,000. He, uh, he, he really had a, a very different motive, which was actually healthy. But, um, when it comes down to it, I had this natural advantage, but in 2009, 2010, the economy collapsed and then I had to work at it like really hard and to survive. And I didn't know. And then like, you know, I have all this family stuff and like, I don't really know what to do. And, and, uh, but you got to make money and anyway, whatever. And then also fulfill my irresponsible lifestyle at the time and, and all that sort of stuff. So, <clears throat> but back to this, this is also one of the reasons why I teach is this dude who hired me at the end of it. This guy was actually good with women. I'm like, why did you hire me? At the end of our four you days, need me. <laughs> he pulls out this camera. So this is before we had phones that had pictures on it. And the camera basically, it had this picture of this lady he was with, and I'm like, dude, man, got to get over this chick. What's what's your story? And he's like, oh, man, this was my fiance, and I just wanted to go through all the pictures with you. And I'm like, dude, okay, man, maybe this guy really is screwed up. Like, yeah. <laughs> I said, fuck this it. <laughs> what did I get myself into here? <laughs> yeah, this dude, uh, we, we wasted these four days. So he basically said, Steve, I chose you, and you should do this. He basically told me, he's like, you should do this. You're good at it, but I chose you because you were more normal 
And so what's wrong with him? But, but compared to the other guys, and the, other, the dudes in the whole PUA industry were freaking insane, and they still are. But they, he, he was like, you're, you're more personable, and I chose you because you'd get this. And he said, this is my fiance, and she died two years ago or something from cancer. And it, I had all these pictures of her. I was holding on to her. And, you know, obviously I'm good with women, and I'm good with money and good with this stuff. But I just didn't know if I could do it, and so I basically paid you to know I could do it. And, um, you know, you're a friend, and, and we became friends. Mm -hmm. And he was like, you know, if you need help with your business or because you don't know how to make money, you know, like <laughs> <laughs> you're, you're, you're a fucking idiot with that stuff. So, but I still can be. But, like, he was like, hey, look, you know, I'll help you out. And we became friends after that. And we since got married and all this sort of stuff. But that's what made me go, like, wow, there's something missing. First off, it was, wow, you can get paid this much money for it. And the second thing was, is that maybe I should do this. And the third thing was that there's a depth that can be reached beyond this, that it wasn't just about like betting a bunch of chicks. It, now, I don't think there's anything wrong with that, but it wasn't just about that, that there, there was something that meant more, that your activity with sex and relationships and this whole experience wasn't necessarily bad of what people said it, it would be and that you could – you know, there's a guy who's a part of my groups, and this guy's great, and he's like, man, if I had a million dollars today, I'd have more kids. And, and he had kids very early on in his life. Yeah. His only thing is, is he's like, man, I can't afford them. It's expensive. And it's, yeah. Um, but he, he's like, no, man, there's – and he'll talk to guys on the call. Some people might say this is bad advice, and there's definitely context within this, and I don't necessarily endorse this, but he's like, stop worrying. Like, guys will be like, oh, man, should I – this guy's in his 40s. He's like – He'll get a question from guy, a guy in his 20s, like, should I, you know, you know, sleep with this girl or, you know, unprotected sex? And, all, and should always protect yourself, all that sort of stuff. But, you know, if you're a guy that's been in the <laughs> – that you doesn't know, always happen. At the end of the day, you know, life happens. Yeah. So, <laughs> basically, he, he's like, look, if you have a baby, you have a baby. Don't worry about it. It ain't that big of a deal. It's a big deal to not be the man who – or to be the man that's afraid of that or that if you have a baby and you're afraid of that, like – it's mm -hmm. only going to make you better. Now, don't necessarily go out and have kids. I don't think that was his point in it. But he was saying that the fear of that is such a huge thing. And I, I way back when, was like, you know, in my early 20s, I'm like, I'm never going to have kids. And then you do, and it shape, it forces you to be worked in these different ways. Right. And um, you, know, you could definitely be bad at it, <laughs> but you – Man, it's it's a great great experience. Yeah. Right, like if you step up to the plate and like you accept that challenge, it will definitely change you. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's funny because I just uh, this guy Jordan Peterson is really popular. Do you know who he is? Oh yeah, absolutely. So I always listened to him and I was like, man, why why does anybody need to listen to this shit? And um, it's like the most basic shit he's saying. Well, but some of it I'll like it? disagree with and and so on. And then his fanboys like fucking want to kill me and it's like, like oh you're not allowed to have your own opinion Steve <laughs> <laughs> so anyway but I met him <laughs> when Aubrey interviewed him and he was great and I, I talked to him briefly about this about his fanboys who like is in my industry I look stuff through a warped lens in my industry there's a lot of broken men and then these broken men they get bad advice and they take it and then it doesn't work out for them they get really angry so there's like a lot of angry broken men yeah <clears throat> like I I've seen people go from the PUA scene to the like PUA hate scene, which was actually a scene to the incel scene, which is like this involuntary involuntarily celibate. And they, 
uh, you know, I've seen guys who talk about doing terrorist attacks and stuff like that. Really? And what's that POA mean? I'm sorry. PUA, pickup P- artist. Oh, so pickup artist. Okay. Better that you don't know. But um, <laughs> uh, yeah. I'm but like it was a movement of men that still kind of exists, but it was really big in 2005 to 2000, uh, maybe 12 or something like that. And then there's a lot of different men's groups now and they, with a lot of great guys, but there's a lot of really angry men out there. Mm-hmm. And they all uh, – it sucks because, like, when I met Jordan, he was, he, was, he was very rational and level-headed. And it's even weird using that word because there's a book called The Rational Male that's, uh, in my mind, isn't so rational. But Jordan was really personable, and I just said, man, like, you know, there's the, – I forget what I said, but we were talking about the fanboy culture around him. And if I'm critical about anything he said, like I listened to something of him today and I'm like, man, I don't agree with that. And um, they get like angry that they're going like you insulting like their their belief because it is their belief. Because There's so many men that don't have a backbone that don't have a way to think for themselves. And and it's crazy, man. It's just insane how nuts people get. But one thing here's what. So Jordan was talking about something about like men's responsibility and I'll totally misrepresent him here, but. He was basically like, men, you know, like a big quality is to be responsible, to take care of your family, to, you know, there's like all this stuff on monogamy with him, which I don't necessarily, I don't know what his full beliefs are on that, but I don't think that that's a, I mean, I'm monogamous now, but it's like, I I am because I've had so many different experiences, Mm -hmm. which brings me to this thing. He was basically describing somebody and I'm like, oh, that's me. But how I got there was I did the exact opposite of all those things and I really value it. So... The only way I value honesty is because I've lived a life where I've been tremendously dishonest and suffered massive consequences and had to work back to learn what that meant. And that still might mean I might lie today, but I value honesty. When it comes to family, like, man, I was like terrible with family in so many ways. Like, man, pathetic. And, And of course, I didn't think so at the time. But to work to gain some of that back, you then value it. And we walk into a culture with a bunch of men who don't value anything because they read it or they, they go, oh, man, it seems cool. I feel weak, so I want to be strong. And in that, they don't develop the skills to actually learn the, the true merit. You know, what Jordan says or what Joe Rogan says or what Aubrey Marcus says or whoever the F says it isn't, because, isn't valuable because they say it or how many followers they have or how much it impacts the society. I mean, how much it actually impacts people doesn't matter with, with a value. What matters is how you implement it and live it and why you live it. And, and really, I'd even say the story behind that. So that being said, it's like when it came down to working with people and still heavy emphasis on sex with me, that is huge. That that sort of perspective is key, even to the fact that everybody's right because it's their truth or belief that they work for themselves. But why they're right is because it's the thing that guides them. And uh, man, there's so many just different levels of, of your life where you're going to lose, you're going to win. If you don't have that thing that guides you and, and that's not working for you and you don't, you don't truly work and discover it as your truth, then to me that's failure. And, I, and that's where I see people failing today. Yeah, for sure. I mean, it sounds like, you know, you're coming across a lot of these guys and, you know, they come to you for one reason and it's almost just like, um, it's like a symptom. It's not like the root cause, 
you know, of why they're coming to you. So like a lot of what you're doing is, you know, it's like really getting to know these guys and and digging to find like, what is really like, why the fuck are you here? Like, how can I really help you? Dude, pain shows you where the problem is, but it doesn't show you the solution. For sure. You know, for sure. So, okay, man, you, you started doing the, the, the coaching in 2008, 10 years ago now, right? No, 2000 and, uh, like six, six, seven. 2006, yeah. seven, right? So 12 years ago now, yeah. right? So, I mean, you've been at this for over a decade. Mm-hmm. I'm sure you've seen just a, a whole slew of just situations and just different things. Um, what's been like the, the most like profound kind of, uh, like what's like, what's been like the most profound, like change in, in like in yourself that you've noticed? Cause I mean, I'm sure like, <laughs> dude, Everyone you come across is going to leave some little piece of them on you, right? Like yeah, yeah, yeah. Everything changes us. Like, I mean, the change in myself, I mean, selfishly, there's two. So there's one with women, and then there's one with, like, the men that hire me. But the with women, it would be that, uh, that man, so much to it. But, like, sex is good. It's one of our innate expressions. It's awesome. It's amazing. Yeah. And that women are awesome women are women are freaking great and, and uh you hear so much like political stuff of like men versus women oh man it's like men and women complete each other it's like so necessary and uh <clears throat> i went through so much of a phase of well in order to do what i what i became to be like a pro pua type dude a pickup artist you have to have some resentment towards women to start with so i was very resentful towards women and probably didn't know it um and then to be able to put that to rest through women but then also you got to a point where i became so oversexed you just like don't you can't keep track of what's happening and it becomes like this crazy blur now in that um i stopped enjoying it you know so like and also i'm in recovery so addiction is like such a huge thing with me but that factored into sex big time so when it came down to it, um, the when it came down to addiction, I stopped enjoying women. It was just like it meant nothing to me. It meant something because I wanted it and I had the urge and I could still functionally, physically, you know, do it. But it just meant nothing. It, I couldn't feel anything. We, you talk about this a lot where if you talk to somebody who's like a heroin addict or they're doing speed or cocaine – you put something in your body, and it's just stopping you from being sick, or you don't feel it. Yeah, it's, it's like maintenance. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's like that was happening to me for a long period of time, so much to the point where I was like, man, I've never enjoyed sex in my life. It was all a myth. Like, I couldn't have. You know, I was like thinking back on this. And I remember when that changed for me. That was when I was like 30, and I realized that I could enjoy it. The other thing, too, is that it made me realize that I had some issues but the sex part wasn't bad. The issues made it bad. So the behavior and what ultimately became my sexual life was was not was not necessarily bad. It could be. Like, I mean, if you're whatever it is, if there's like you know, like guys who see too many prostitutes or like they're ultra promiscuous or they're cheating all the time or whatever. I actually say none of that behavior is bad. Now there's consequences to it. But as your expression, as your personal, personal expression of who you are, that can't be bad. It can be bad 
if you, you know, are going against yourself in it. But like a guy that, let's say he has some issue where he's seen too many prostitutes, that's, that is not something that is necessarily evil. It's illegal. There's a lot of things where you're not expressing yourself in it. There's a lot of problems and dysfunctions you can inherit from it. But if that's your urge, you need to be at peace with that rather than fight it. And what's interesting is what we see is with guys who um, – <coughs> so this ties into my story and with guys' stories. So the first story about my issues with women is that I had to be okay with it because once I stopped fighting it, then it was like, all right, man, I'm this like promiscuous asshole who uses people. Let me try and hide that and be somebody else. You build up an alternate expression towards other people. You start compartmentalizing your expression. Right. As soon as I accepted, it was like, oh, man, I'm a fucking loser. I'm a piece of shit. Okay. I'm not, I'm not going to hide that anymore. It was allowed to pass. And that sounds counterproductive. Like a lot of people are like, why would I do that? Like, I tell people all the time, like, well, accept that you're a failure or accept that you can't do this because the fight against it keeps it alive. In the fear revolved around that owns you of like, man, I can't be a bad person or I can't be a failure or I can't be a, um, a guy that's afraid to pursue my best in life. Accept it. I'm a big proponent of accepting it first and then working after that because that, that block in front of you is so huge. So this then comes to then coaching with men is what's the potential or the biggest change that you see. Man, people change everything in their life when they're in and what's interesting about my groups is we don't equate it on financial success, but that happens. Like there's guys who make million dollar deals and all that sort of stuff. But for the most part, that's actually not the case. The case is, is that there's a guy who felt awkward with his life and, you know, was whatever expression of himself, you know, maybe he was out of shape, maybe he was in a unhappy marriage or whatever. And then he gets to where he wants to be, and then everything in his life changes. So much to the point where when you're fulfilled, you don't look to society to define you. And society is important. But, you know, you want to be functional in it. You want to be making enough money to live, to have shelter, to have food, to pay for whatever, and to, to fit in with your social groups. That's important. But once you have that, and it's all about your expression and passion, then – everything changes, man. So your whole life direction changes your whole, you know, I feel if you, if you fix a born to be part of a person, which a born to be part would be their health, their emotional fulfillment, their relationships and sexual life. If you fulfill one of those, the rest will start coming together. And then you'll see this crazy wild world that we live in is an expression or a palette that we can paint on rather than something that we need to fit within or, or fight against or all these different things. So, I mean, man, the changes in men are huge. They're massive. They're, they're crazy. Um, probably one of the biggest things that I realized from all of this is that men need a community to communicate in, which was one of the first things that I did in 2009. I started a course where people got on the phone and talked with each other around the world. And man, uh, like we're going to start a call later today. It'll probably go for four or five hours of guys just cycling through. We're going to start a call tomorrow, Father's Day at noon. Um, and that call usually goes for 15 hours. Sometimes it goes for 40 hours, multiple days, where guys just stay on and cycle through and talk to one another. That's nuts. And so men need groups, and they need groups so that they can be held accountable 
um, not in, a, in like, did you meet your goals, but in the sense that I'm a part of community and I matter. This community means something to me, so why would I lie to it? Why would I fail it? Why would I fight against it? And then in that, you know, like this real good uh, expression of masculinity or humanity comes out of it. Yeah, have you um have you read Shaba uh, Sebastian Younger's book Tribes? Yeah, it was great. Dude, yeah. such a great book. And <coughs> dude, community and tribe is is so important. And um, I think you you have to have that that crucial piece to to actually start to to feel comfortable enough to accept yourself. I feel like mm -hmm. having that community makes you feel safe enough. That way, you can start to like have like that inner reflection. You can start to. <laughs> Totally. To, to have that honest conversation with yourself and then accept who you are. Like, acceptance, as corny as it sounds, it really is, like, the fucking first step to, like, yeah. at least turning over a new leaf. Like, you got to take an honest assessment of where you are if you really want to go forward. Dude, it, you know, and so, like, one of the best parts about that book is – so I don't read a lot of books, so it's cool that you picked the book that I have. <laughs> um, but what's so crazy is, like – you know, trauma, PTSD, shock, all this sort of the, this intense things are not strangers to humanity ever. No, these have never gone away. The PTSD is a stranger to this, maybe not so much anymore, but, you know, in the early thousands or whatever, 90s, it was like, what is this? What What is this thing? Why are people doing it? Why are people shelled up or sheltering or, you know, what what is going on? And uh, the cure for it is, I mean, it's complex. I don't want to make light of it, but what, what is always in the cure for it is going to be community, and it has to be there and feeling a part of. And the not feeling a part of adds to dysfunction. I, if you look at scarcity in humanity, it reacts the same way all the time. It's funny because I want to do a video on the abundance mindset because I'm such a, like, contrarian. I'm like, Fuck the abundance mindset. Like, because so many people are, abundance is good. And having the mindset of abundance is good. But that's natural. And let's go to like this. Like, we have food in the refrigerator. I don't worry about food. But if I have food in the refrigerator, I'm always worried about getting food and food for the next month. That's not an abundance mindset. That is a scarcity mindset, even though I have abundance. And I see men do this over and over again with women and with money and all this sort of stuff. They're just always, oh, oh for sure, with money. What's interesting with the the uh the book tribe is that we are in a point of scarcity with emotional communication and connection and when people move into scarcity let's say like um you know why did the soviet union fall in the 80s and so people say well because of communism all the stuff which played a factor in it but then why did the mayan culture fall and whenever it fell in the <laughs> man I, I don't know uh, but <laughs> i forget but it, in all of that the the Mayan culture fell because it had lack of resources, so they depleted their resources. And if you look at the Soviet Union, you could find those same things there. Now, I didn't do the research, and it's like hearsay stuff from people who study this crap. All the history buffs are fucking yelling right now. Yeah, yeah, but but basically, we look at it as them falling because of communism when they, they the, when they ran out of resources, and that could have been because of communism and overpopulation and whatever the hell it was. But what happens when things fall apart? is there's confusion, there's fighting, there's wars, there's all this sort of stuff that comes into play. And that's what happens when a society has lack of resources. And I feel that we're seeing that in our society um, all over the world in different cultures now. But when a human being feels scarcity, what happens? Confusion, 
um, fighting, anger, outbursts, isolation, alienation, blame. When somebody is full, none of that. When we're full, when we've eaten enough and we feel healthy, it's not like we're eating a bunch of crap because I'm the king of eating crap. If I eat like a bunch of pizzas and then like go to the noodle house after that, I feel sick, but I'm full, right? Right. But when I'm healthy and I'm eating a good diet and I'm getting enough sleep, I don't feel hunger. Yeah, you're not in this deep need for anything. It's crazy, you know? And so with us, we're at this point where we don't have enough fulfillment from from emotionally from socially around us and this was a part of how we how all mammals communicated but humans more so is that we needed to connect and communicate to feel a part of something and man i honestly think like if we're blaming too much or if we're judging too much we are not in connection because if i am in connection rapport connecting with another human being i don't judge i can make a choice but i don't need to judge a judgment as in a divide right uh to to have like a breaking and that also means that i may choose to not connect with people and put myself in a disconnect with people but if i'm relying on judgment blame all this sort of stuff i am not connecting and so we come into this world where that's becoming more and more there's no cultural identity we don't have a meaning uh with the groups that we're in we walk by a thousand people every day and don't talk to them somebody's actions who's right next to us don't directly affect us how we evolved was we were directly affected by people we saw people and we communicated with all the people that we we came to interaction with whether we liked them or not right yeah i mean there was a time where you knew everybody and everybody knew you and shit now we live in huge ass cities and i, I live in an apartment complex and i don't know not one yeah right i don't know anybody <laughs> I, this is actually what i hate about this housing district is that nobody talks to each other we're so in austin austin is like so nice and it's changing because it's becoming overpopulated but everybody would say hi to you if we lived a little bit closer to the city um even where we got the the burgers late, late, uh earlier today like everybody is pretty so, personable yeah, pretty nice here no like you, you see somebody you're like hey and they're like, <laughs> they're like do that <laughs> why are you waving away. at me yeah. <laughs> such a weirdo dude but uh but yeah man it's it's wild you know so all the a lot of these social problems i think come from that yeah okay so let's uh we're gonna have to wrap this up pretty quickly um but one last question um what uh how, how do we fix this dude how, how i mean what what can guys do what's what's some tangible steps to to start you know going down that path of of accepting yourself of making connections what can guys do so i don't like i i can't i don't have advice for a society but i have advice for an individual and that's the only way i think that a society can shape itself is we have to get back to the individual in the sense that you talk to the person in front of you you know say hello to them as stupid as that sounds if you have social anxiety if you're terrible with this and that if you don't have any money man the best things the best days the best days straight up man and i've had like fucked up days in my life and some of these days which are like totally fucked up ended up being the best days like days where i was broke days where i lost massive things in my life but the best days came in my life when i brought myself into the moment and talked to somebody that i was of, of service to somebody that i shared a story with them that I did the simplest things within them. I wasn't trying to get something. I wasn't trying to own something. And to be honest, at that time of those worst day times, I was so, I didn't have a lot. So go out and talk to somebody, share a moment, get to know them. Don't do it because it's gonna make you feel better or more awesome. Do it because it's a human expression. So talking to people key, 
take time to yourself, another thing. So some form of meditation. I'm a, there's been many forms of meditation. Um, you can do all the mindfulness stuff, which I actually did today. And um, there's so many different things you can do. But I used to think just talking to one person, talking to another. So those two fit together was a form of meditation. Jiu-jitsu, a form of meditation. Using your body is imperative. Absolutely. You know. So all these things to, to have the best days, which I, there's actually five things that I say. So meditate, be social. I say be sexual, not saying that you need to have sex because I've been sexual and not – I've been sexually active but not sexually expressive. But get in touch with your, your masculinity, your femininity. Like you were born in this way for a reason. Um, unless you're on a bunch of hormones and went to the doctor. <laughs> I don't have advice. I don't know. You've got to do something different. Yes. But, you know, so be social, be sexual, give. And, and practice gratitude. All of these things you can do with no money, with no status, and those have produced the best days for me. Now, there's been days where I've had huge amounts of success and loss, but I tell this to everybody. Multiple times in my life, I've held $20,000 cash in my hands, and every single one of those days sucked because I wanted more or I was stuck in obsession or whatever. And more recently, actually, well, I didn't have $15,000 cash in my hands, but I had $15,000 in a transaction, and that was still one of my best days. Why? Because I was good with myself. And I've had way too many days to count where I've had nothing and everything's gone wrong, but they could be good. Why? Because I did those things that were so human within us and, uh, and man, got the essence of that. And the fact that that can be a teacher for you um, at any point, man, and, and I fail at learning or listening to that teacher on a daily basis, but that's something that's available to us all, and I, I wish more people did it. Hell yeah, brother. Well, you know, we're all just trying to trying to make it one day at a time, right? So. Yeah, yeah. Fuck, man. Well, how can people get a hold of you, dude? Uh, so I have two sites. There's the Sexual Life, which is a dating site, and if you start there, you're going to end up changing everything in your life. Um, it's for men, so if there's women listening to this, sorry. But um, – uh, and then there's also Austin Men's Development. Uh, we have a Facebook group, and we, we have some pretty crazy groups. If you live in Austin – so first off, if you don't live in Austin, it's totally for you. Most of our members don't, like 90% of them. But to the 10% that do, it's really great because we have meetups and so on, and it's uh, it's really, really good stuff. Um, so that's overall men's development. and um, They both – both of those companies meet in the same place, but they just start in different directions. Uh, so that's it. Find me on social media, all that sort of good stuff, and say hello. Yeah, good stuff. And I'll put all this in the, so in the notes. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'll put yeah. this in the uh, in the show notes for everybody. So. Cool. Awesome, man. Well, hey, dude. Thanks for uh, thanks for sitting talking to me. Um, all right, everybody. Peace. Later.